Welcome back, my gardening friends, to another Focal Point Friday episode. Let's spend just a few minutes together reviewing a snippet of information from a previous episode, highlighting a new topic, or quickly focusing on a current event in the food and agriculture world. Let's get down and dirty. So if you guys know anything about me at all, you know that I'm a little bit of a research nerd. And I came across an article in the New York Times Oh, it was back at the beginning of May, and it was talking about a link between highly processed foods and brain health, and it was referencing a bunch of different studies, and so, of course, I went down a study rabbit hole and ended up reviewing six different studies that were related to this article, and essentially what the article was discussing was the idea that eating packaged foods has been associated with anxiety, depression depression, and cognitive decline. Now, I'm going to be referencing the average American diet here, and this probably will not come to too much of a surprise to most of us here, at least in North America. The rest of the world, you guys might be shocked at some of these things that I'm going to talk about. And even I was a little surprised by some of these numbers. Roughly 60%, 60%, of the calories in the average American diet comes from highly processed foods. Now, there have been studies done over the past 20 years that have shown that eating all of these packaged processed products, like some of the breakfast cereals and frozen meals and these packaged sweets and snack bars and everything else, are linked to things like an increased risk of diabetes and obesity and even cancer. But there have been more recent studies that are showing that these also seem to have a significant impact on our minds. So in the last 10 years or so, these studies that are coming out are showing that the more ultra-processed foods a person eats, the higher the chances that they will feel depressed and anxious. And a few of those studies have even suggested that there is a link between eating these foods and an increased risk of cognitive decline. So first of all, what exactly is an ultra-processed food? There was a Brazilian research team back in 2009 that broke foods down into a four-part scale. So it ranged from those foods that are completely unprocessed to the ones that are minimally processed, like, you know, fruits that are already diced up or rice that has been dried or flour that has been milled, to the processed ones like oils, butter sugar, dairy products, a few of the canned foods that are barely minimum, like just canned green beans, smoked meats and fish, and then everything else kind of went into that ultra-processed category. Those are the things that generally have that laundry list of ingredients on the back of the box or the bag, things that contain things that we wouldn't use in our own homemade recipes. So high fructose corn syrup, um, you know, hydrogenated oils, all of these different chemical additives or sweeteners or flavors, emulsifiers, all of this stuff. So that classification system that they put in place is now actually used very widely by nutrition researchers. So when we're saying ultra-processed, that's exactly what, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is all of those things that just have those long lists of really weird, sometimes unpronounceable ingredients. That is also the majority of the packaged foods that you're going to find in the frozen food aisles, 
at the grocery store and then also towards sort of the center of the grocery store while all of those packaged foods are sold. 70% of the packaged foods sold in the U.S. are considered ultra-processed. And of course, these same foods are very carefully created. I mean, they have food scientists that are telling these companies what to put in them and how to formulate them so that they are very palatable and they are almost addictive to a certain extent. They're making them taste better and they're making them taste saltier or sweeter or that right perfect combination of the both. But unfortunately, the products that they are using to make them taste this way makes them less and less like real food. So what does that mean for our mental health? The research recently has demonstrated a link between highly processed foods and feelings of mild depression or feelings of anxiety. And that one of the study authors had said that there was a significant increase in the number of mentally unhealthy days for those people who were eating 60% or more of their calories from these ultra processed foods. And they very quickly pointed out that this isn't, you know, a proof, this isn't causation. We always talk about that causation over correlation, but it does show that there seems to be an association. Well, think about that. An increase in mentally unhealthy days for those who were eating 60% or more of their calories from those ultra-processed foods. Well, what did we say at the beginning? We said roughly 60% of the calories in the average American diet comes from highly processed foods. And we're wondering why all of a sudden we are seeing this surge in mental health issues. So now they are also seeing in a much more recent study, one that was done just in 2022, that found a correlation between eating these ultra processed foods and a decline in the ability to be able to learn, to reason, to solve problems, and in memory. So this was far beyond what we would normally see, like in a natural decline that you see with age. This decline accelerated by 28% in people who consumed more than 20% of their calories from these ultra-processed foods. That is a drastically different volume of food than that 60% that we were just talking about. 20% of their calories from processed foods caused a decline in their cognitive function. That's insane. But what they also figured out was that it is possible that eating an otherwise healthy diet might offset some of those detrimental effects. So if the people who were eating 20% of their diet in these ultra-processed foods ate the rest of their diet in, you know, rich in green leafy vegetables and legumes and fish and chicken and, you know, healthy oils like olive oil and berries and that sort of thing, that seemed to counterbalance the detrimental effects of eating the ultra-processed foods. So, I mean, it kind of just goes back to that everything in moderation piece, right? If you eat healthy, like really healthy, 80% of the time and your, your diet is minimally processed and then 20% of your diet 
you kind of, you know, cave into the junk food or the convenience type stuff, then you likely are going to be okay. But once you kind of flip the switch and you start moving more towards all of those ultra processed foods, not only are you seeing cognitive decline in a people who eat a lower percentage of their calories from those, but then once you get up above 60%, okay, well, then we're talking about depression and, and just mentally unhealthy days. This is astonishing. So the big question has been, okay, great, we've done all these studies over the past 10 to 20 years that show all of these sort of disordered effects from eating these foods, but why is it happening? And the one thing that they keep going back to is gut health. So we've heard a lot more in recent years about the gut-brain connection, right? The healthier our gut biome is, the better off we are because it actually affects our brain function. Well, now they're seeing it be more closely tied to these ultra-processed foods. And these have been really high-quality, randomized studies that have shown there's a beneficial effect of having a very nutrient-dense diet in people who have depression. But they weren't really able to figure out why and why the processed foods would have the opposite effect. So much of the research now is focusing on that poor gut health and how that affects the brain. And a lot of this has to do with fiber, which was not the direction I thought this was going. So diets that are high in these ultra processed foods are typically also low in fiber because those are mostly found in things like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds. Well, fiber helps to feed our good bacteria in the gut. It is necessary for the production of short-chain fatty acids. This is what is produced when fiber breaks down in the digestive system, and those short-chain fatty acids play a very important role in brain function. So what they have studied is that people with depression and other mental health issues tend to have a less diverse composition of gut bacteria and they have fewer of those short chain fatty acids. So unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, most of these studies are done on animals, but there is also some human data. And what they're seeing is that when you isolate certain nutrients, like if you take just specifically the fructose, you start using emulsifiers, polysorbate 80 and carboxymethylcellulose and all these other things that we can't pronounce, or artificial sweeteners, like aspartame and saccharin, it starts to negatively influence the gut microbiota. And once we start to get rid of that diversity of the gut microflora, and then you start adding in more sugar, it's going to contribute to chronic inflammation. And that also is linked to a whole bunch of different mental and physical issues. The increased inflammation and its link to the brain actually are thought to drive the development of depression. So your diet influences your mood, but then also the opposite can be true. So what they're seeing is that sort of vicious cycle. When we get stressed out or we're pressed or we get anxious over something, we tend to lean towards more of the ultra processed foods, those ones that are high in sugar or fat or have those chemical additives, and that can actually make things worse. So 
I have always been a label reader. It's It has to be excruciating for anybody that goes with me to the grocery store, to include my husband, because I am always flipping those boxes over or flipping those bags over and looking at the laundry list of ingredients. And if there's anything in there that I can't pronounce or if there's specific things that I try to stay away from, certain sweeteners, certain additives, it goes right back on the shelf again. And for the longest time, I would just buy the same things over and over again. I would check to make sure it was something that I was comfortable with us eating and that would make it onto my go-to list until I realized that companies are continually changing their formulas and their ingredients lists and they'll change it without letting us know that they've changed it, obviously. So now I make a habit, even with the things that I buy continually, to check that list of ingredients every so often. If it starts to get much longer than five or eight ingredients, you've already pretty much lost me. Um, And this isn't with everything. I'm not saying that I eat perfectly or that we eat perfectly in this house. No, absolutely not. When we are in the middle of the farming season and it's a matter of what can I grab and throw in the air fryer or what can I throw in the microwave? And yes, we have a microwave. I know. (laughs) Don't at me. But it's a convenient thing at that point. It's better than us not eating anything at all. Or so I thought. So now I am doing a much better job after reading all of these different studies and uh, looking at the ingredients that are coming into the house, even in the things that we do choose to allow to be processed. So I think the overarching theme of this is, again, everything in moderation. If we can keep 80% of our diet as whole foods, unprocessed foods, right? Or things that are minimally processed. Remember, minimally processed is not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about frozen vegetables or canned fish or canned beans, um, you know, pre-cooked brown rice or sweet potatoes or broccoli rice or cauliflower rice, right? Those, Those still only have like one ingredient or, you know, two maybe if they're adding salt as a preservative or whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. Those kind of shortcuts and those convenient foods aren't contributing to this problem. So I think if we can keep our diets to 80% that stuff and only allow the rest of our diet, you know, the other 20% to be permeated by these ultra processed foods, obviously the more that we can stay away from those things, the the better off we are. And I think we have to pick our battles. But if we're going to continue to see this trend of you know, things that we're eating causing depression and anxiety and poor gut health and everything that goes along with it, then, you know, we're just going to have to push back against it. And the only thing, the only way that we can do that is partly by growing our own food and making sure we know where our food comes from. And when we are buying it, keeping ourselves informed and making sure that we know what we're eating and we know how it's affecting us and affecting our families. Thanks for joining me on this Focal Point Friday. I'll be back again on Tuesday for another regular episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon.